All I need is a glass tube big enough to get to the ocean. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's say, all I need. Hey, Roaches. I'm Todd Tondera, and welcome to my audio thrifting diary. I scour secondhand stores searching for interesting artifacts, useful unusuals, trendy trinkets, cool collectibles, and good garbage. Each week for the show, I take a guest secondhand shopping. After we gather a thrift haul, we record an episode based on our findings. I'm sentimentally attached to things you have forgotten. It's time to get thrifty. Hey, who said you could come in here? Another sentimentally attached episode of Thrifty Podcast. I'm your host, Toddy, and this evening, a very special episode because we are in Studio B, aka the Larkin Lounge, once again. Co host on the evening, the best in the world, Josh Last Call Larkin. What is up, brother? Not too much. I like the Larkin Lounge. I don't think we ever really named it. And only, sometimes, one inflatable fish. But tonight, we have more inflatable fish. Uh, Yeah, I think it's a mammal. It's a mammal. I think we have a fish and a mammal. Oh, yeah. So, a little teaser for later. But thanks, everybody, for downloading another episode of this show. A lot to talk about this week. A lot to get into. Because first things first, Josh... In less than a week's time, Thriftython 2019 kicks off for, I guess with it being the second one, we could say the annual Thriftathon. Yeah, the first one was an emergency, and this one is kind of a celebration. Every summer, I just make a very bad decision. Um, this summer's decision has me just kind of hanging out on people's couches a lot. <laughs> well, we drew, last year when we did uh, Thriftython last year, it was hard times. That was in the the tag and the marketing and everything. Mm-hmm. It is not hard times this year. It's couch times. It's it's couch <laughs> times. I mean, it's going to be fun times. Uh, fun times. I mean, to be just very dad-like, it's going to be fun time, kids. Uh, mm-hmm. We got sellers. We got music. We yep. got tons of cool people hanging out. We got podcast snippets from the family. By that point, I won't have to feed the cats anymore, so I won't have to stay on that couch, too. My I, sister's cat's I been forgot. feeding the cats. You've been pretending to be your sister while she's on vacation. Well, so she 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 has a paper in the kitchen that's like you know feed the cats paper, and it's a it's a sheet of notebook paper that is filled up probably about I'd say I reckon about eighty percent, and it's filled with different uh like different bullet points, and every bullet point is a specific thing about the cat feeding, and from what I make of it. It is complicated and unknown as to why it's that, but I, if she ever listens to this, I have fed them exactly how it says on the paper, exactly those times, and I've even given them bottled water. So <laughs> That is much better than I treat both the animals in this house. Bar none. And I only have two of them. Bar none. Yeah, I have absolutely no idea how many cats come and go from that house at one point i do not know i know the the mainstay i know teddy shout out teddy i've known him for quite some time he's in the house there's one in the front room of the house and then there's about six or seven of them everywhere else um one of them i saw this morning it it looked like it uh had an eye injury and I felt so bad for it because like I see it and I'm like I want to help you but it's like no I'm like an outside cat you know we don't worst case scenario I don't see out of this anymore and I don't care you just open the door and throw it out and hope your sister doesn't notice yeah and so like shout out to the cat with the eye injury but boy she's feeding too many of those outside cats 
definitely. Um, but back to the Thriftathon. Yeah, so the Thriftathon 2019, September the 6th, 7 p.m. It's at the Mr. Roboto Project in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We have Bluffs. We have Mary Kekik. We have Sykes and the New Violence the music that goes into the show and actually you're going to hear a song from one of those bands during the commercial today and then we got podcast snippets as josh said we have the neon brainiacs we have ghoul on ghoul josh and i will both be there and we're going to be talking about some alien and et stuff and then we have vintage sellers we have monarch vintage coming through uh rust belt retro and we actually saw uh them at uh, three pigs vintage josh and i we saw mara we ran into mara yeah. there and so uh mara will be there and then the brick body kids which is uh shane becker and eyes i being toddy's project but shane's the the brain behind the organization and we'll be doing the selling and then i'll just be there probably doing some selling and then probably just out just panicking or anything like yeah. that somewhere else and it's a first friday on penn avenues it's a part of first friday with tons of stuff going on the whole like i don't know like 10 blocks other cities probably have first fridays right it's a thing yeah yeah so first fridays that means the cool stuff goes on first friday of the month so i don't know I, yeah you're right they probably all do it gets people out and walking around yeah it's like a night market but with art mm-hmm. and uh before also we get into the episode we wanted to give away the Podcoin listener of the week this week and i've been putting them in the uh the middle part of the show the commercials for the show for a while but since uh, my Podcoin daddy, Josh Larkin, is here, he's going to give away the Podcoin Listener of the Week this week. Yeah, Podcoin Listener of the Week this week is Genevieve Navala. Whoa. Yeah, Genevieve Navala has like a creepy troll as profile picture, which might have played into it because that's basically how I, I base it off. Like mm-hmm. listener quality and also how cool your profile picture is. Greg Harrington. That's how how yeah. he got it. That's how a lot of folks get that. So if you want to be Podcoin Listener of the Week, just have a cool profile pic and listen to a show or two of ours, and maybe we'll mention you. So yeah. thank you catch, so much. Catch our eye in some way. <laughs> catch our eye in some way. So let's get to our thrift haul, Josh. Um, exciting day here because it's been a little while since you and I went to the Goodwill Outlet together. You've been very busy uh, making yourself a, a, an area in the backyard preparing for fall, which seems cool as hell. You've been cutting down some trees and stuff like that. Yeah, I uh, I quit smoking and took out all my aggression on nature and just cleared like, uh, I don't know, like 20 feet in my backyard of uh, trees and put like a little fire pit back there. A little there. fire pit action. And then you have a cut that's opened up on your left ankle that I had warned that it looked pretty severe when I saw it, and I think you've come to the realization that it may be more severe than you had originally thought. Yeah, when I when I first saw it, I thought it was like I was a little concerned, and then you were like, oh, that looks gross. Yeah. And then it started to look even grosser and more concerning. There's so. some orange bits on the end that we kind of talked about that we're not really sure around the opening and the cut. Some some clear red bits, obviously, meaning blood. I, yeah. And I then the orange. I can't tell how deep it is because of all the blood around everything. So uh, update on that uh, for Thriftathon. Uh, Josh is listed day to day. Yeah, if you notice a patch or I'm on crutches, uh, give a brother a hand. Yeah, it's probably gangrene. You'll know. Um, so our our thrift haul today is we went to the Goodwill outlet. I thought it was uh, a pretty unique day because when we had got there, there was a lady with two carts, um, that were filled with stuff, and they were every which way. And I didn't know if that was her cart or just maybe a cart I could look through. But um, it had, like, pillows in it. It had, like, records in it. It had everything, like, stacked up in the most un-Jenga fashion. They were everywhere. And if she would have taken her time and just foot it, fit it in the cart, it would have all fit in the cart. She could have put it in one cart. Her second cart had, like, two things and, like, an old croquet set in it. But she had just, like, thrown the croquet set. So, like, four clubs took up the entire cart. Oh, is that why that was... 
Okay. That was her tactic, yeah. Um, so there was that, and then I had asked her, like, is this your cart? And she was just like, yeah, and then she trailed off saying some other stuff, but I have no idea what that was. She, uh, I remember she openly said the word shit within, like, Interesting. 10 seconds. The, curse, she's like, the known curse word shit. Yeah, you were like, are these your carts? And she's like, yeah, uh... I need two of them because I can't stop buying this shit or something. Oh, cool. Okay. To that effect where like she dropped it in like a loving way because I was just out of earshot, Mm -hmm. which I tend to do when we go out because I don't want to converse with people, but I want to be there in case you need a hand. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I let you do it and then I just stand to the side and like if, if, you know, comes I yeah. have, I can grab you and we can get out of there. Yeah, the, if but, I'm ever if I need an escape plan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But she was a loving. I was like, yeah, fine. She yeah. made me chuckle and I was like, all right, she's safe. Another regular was there, probably one of my least favorite regulars, because he's always just like I don't know. He just has a presence and aura about him that he's just like, we'll bump with you if you're bumping around in there, and just kind of like grabs a bunch of stuff, like just talks really loud and it's just just the opposite of me and today he came over to us uh, very early in our digging session and he kind of dug right to the right of you and then kind of came over to me and was just talking out loud and I was like I said something like hey what did uh, you like what's going on like what do you need and he had said to me oh no that's just me versus me fighting myself and I was like, okay, brother, I get it. And that's when I went to you and I was like, hey, did you hear that like conversation? <laughs> I I think that's a uh, like a polite way to like tell somebody you have a mental illness. Like if you're you're acting out in a weird way and somebody's like, hey, like, no, no, that's just me fighting me. I, yeah, it's well, we it's do. like same brother, but like. Whoa, man, you're being very extra all the time and rude. He does a lot of commentary on when people leave, too, uh, when his tick or whatever it is that he's doing when it scares people off. Chris Collinsworth up there. He commentates because some lady came in and she had left while we were in a bin. And he's like, okay, see you later. And then another lady came in and, he, and she had left Like after he started talking. He's like, oh, no, you're going to leave, too. And like just kept running on with it, but there were a lot of good people. We um, yeah, we ran into uh, the guy with the Tiny Tune shirt, which oh one, yeah, was an incredibly dope shirt. And yeah. two, he tossed us some uh, nin- Ninja Turtle tapes. Ninja the, Turtle tapes. Uh, the F H E from like eighty uh, nine. Yeah, he introduced himself as John because he had tossed you some Ninja Turtle tapes to give to uh, me because I was collecting them. We ended up getting like five, and uh, yeah. And then we switch some stuff back, which is always cool. Um, always trading around. But, yeah, we could get into our thrift haul while taking a look at our Ninja Turtle tapes haul. And I believe you found, I believe, three of them. I think John had found the one. And I, whoa, no, I just spilled a beer. We'll cut that out in post, but I just spilled a beer. And I'm going actually to keep it and just soak it up with my sock. We'll keep it. Um, so back to the tapes, folks. It's all right. I live. I I live. I live here. No, that's all good. That rug is very old. It's had tons of beer spilled on it. Yeah, over I'm over it. It's, it's worth it for the Ninja Turtle tapes. Yeah. So the Ninja Turtle tapes that we have here, um, we have Super Rock Steady and Mighty Bebop. This one I had as a kid, and I did lose. This one was from the Burger King Kids Club. This is April Foolish. And my sister uh, and I used to watch this when we were kids because we used to be a part of that. I was going to say, were you in the Burger King's Kids kids Club? Well, my uh, grandma, Grandma Alice, signed me up for that. And I don't know that uh, Jan was ever signed up for that. So I know full well that I was a part of the club, but I can't remember if Jen was or not. Jen being my sister. I don't know. I should have just said sister the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kawabunga, Shredhead. This was also the second tape of the the ones that I have that I had as a kid. Was this Burger King or just a regular? Okay, just a a regular. Um, Oh, this one I'm going to save for last because I haven't seen this episode and I do want to read more about it. And then this was also a Burger King Kids Club Ninja Turtles tape. The Great Boldini. We have most from 1989. This is from 1990. 
Yeah, I think that's the earliest. I think all of them, except for that one, are from 1989. So this one, I don't remember this episode at all. Um, so I'll read the back of it. This is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Case of the Case of the Killer Pizzas. Um, so I'm assuming a pizza comes to life and causes some trouble under under the ground under New York City, so the turtles have to fight it. I don't remember that one either, although a lot of them uh, kind of blend together. But that shows a little bit of it on the front cover, and it looks mm-hmm. like a giant cheese T-Rex. On the back, it says, ready for a large charge, turtle fans? This time, Evil Shredder has devised one of his scariest scenarios. In the case of the killer pizzas, in which monster meatballs threaten to devour the city... But hold the anchovies. Our lean green gang of teen turtles aren't going to take this tactless act without a good fight. Tune in as Turtle Mania continues to spread across the land. And stay tuned for the second radioactive adventure. Enter the fly. Whoa. So this seems like one of the best ones, probably. Yeah, uh, although I can't believe it's meatballs and anchovies in the pizza episode. No mention of, like, pepperoni. Although anchovies were, like, the go-to, like, ugh, but the turtles, you know, like, weren't dealing with that. But mm-hmm. I thought Mike always got pepperoni. Monster meatballs threaten to devour the city, so you're going to have to think that they're probably big meatballs, or it's one of those cartoon meatballs where the more they like eat, the bigger they get. So it's well, one of those tropes. It's definitely a cartoon meatball. Uh, if it was like a real meatball, like in the cartoon Ninja Turtles. Like. No, it was always going to be a cartoon meatball. But I'm saying like cartoon meatballs have like different like vibes about them. They're either like big pieces of giant meat and they're already huge or they're smaller. And then the more they eat, the bigger they get. Yeah, I think they're, like, mutant, so I think it would have been, like, a normal meatball that maybe got hit with, like, you know, a mutant ray, and then, yeah, it turned... Something made it different. A giant, yeah. We'll have to find it or watch it. Hey, we just gotta watch it. That's part of Thrifty. Used to be a bit. We can always bring it back. We could always bring it back. So those were our, from 1989, 1990s, we have five Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles tapes we'll be watching... Uh, we have a couple of other uh, bigger items, but real quick before those, I wanted to get into what you see on the cover art of today's episode, and I guess we will be calling it a tapestry, but what I have, it's almost blanket-sized, really. It's very thin, very silky, and um, it's some type of uh, a feminine person, and they have a different color on each side of their body. And they kind of like form into one person on on it. I feel like it's probably a famous piece of art that you and I are not cultured enough to know about. Could be. Uh, Could be. uh, It 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 looks very Picasso esque in the face. Yeah. Uh, So that could be a thing, but it's very pretty. Yes, and um, I have just the place for it because I used to have a tapestry. But then the tapestry left when my angel of a roommate left. Yeah, I mean, it was hers. I mean, yeah. she rightfully took it. Oh, yes, yeah, that was hers. <laughs> she took the things that were rightfully hers. Yeah, she took her belongings, and now you're going <laughs> to put up somewhere your... somewhere else. <laughs> now you're going to put up your belongings. Yeah, so that's cool. Um, so that, that was that. But what I wanted to get into, and it's a fan... Uh, we were both fans uh, growing up, and obviously as adults, too. But we're going to talk a little bit about Mr. Fred Rogers himself. Mr. Rogers, one of the nicest people on television, maybe all time. Yeah, absolutely. And being from Pittsburgh, it gives us like a very good connection to Fred as well, I think. And what we're looking at here, we have Mr. Rogers Talk to Kids, the book. And this is from 1974. And uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, the U.S. national debut of the show, happened on February 19, 1968. It aired on net, and its successor, which we, we saw most of the episodes on, was PBS. And it ran from 1968 to 2001, that show went on for. For one person to do one thing. 
yeah. for that long and be successful and like not trail off. I mean, Seinfeld was like the greatest show ever, and it was like nine seasons. Yeah, and in 2001 is when the show stopped, and he had passed away in 2003. So he really, up until the end of his life, like put his heart into that show. Um, the series, uh, if you, I'm sure you know, but if you don't, the series aimed primarily like preschool age kids, two to five, but it was labeled by PBS as appropriate for all ages. And, uh, Mr. Rogers neighborhood was produced and that's right. This steel town, baby, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, um, at WQED, uh, put that on. And as well as, uh, Mr. Rogers nonprofit also put that on. So Mr. Rogers, 100% 100% Yinzer. Yeah, and the legacy continues. Uh, I was just with uh, my friends and their kid, mm-hmm. and uh, he was acting bad, and they were immediately like, now what does Daniel Tiger say we should do in this situation? And I was like, their kid's like five, and I was like, hell yes. Listen to Daniel <laughs> Tiger in this situation. So that's pretty cool. So transcended that. Yeah, and uh, in May of May of 1997, the series surpassed Captain Kangaroo as the longest-running children's series, and then Sesame Street would take that back in 2003. But for a while, um, uh, yeah, it was the the longest episodic uh, TV show for kids that was cool. Yeah, and I think that everybody has, like, a memory, you know, like... Mm-hmm. Above a certain age, you watched, everybody watched Mr. Rogers. Like, we didn't have 200 channels and YouTube, and you had, like, 12 channels at yep. most. It, Two, and, six, eight, and 12 yeah, and <laughs> were like, the hot ones. You know, if you're a kid, most of them are just adults talking to each other, and Mr. Rogers was talking to you. Yeah. And it was like, hell yes, I want to go to the Cran Factory. Like, mm-hmm. let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's... Oh, cool. You want to do that, too? Like, oh, the box factory. Let's meet the postman. Yeah, seems yeah. sick to do. Mr. Postman. Rogers was probably like, because I grew up very, like, suburban, you yeah. know, like, well, not even suburban, like, rural, you know, like, out there in yeah. the country. And I think Mr. Rogers was probably, like, the first time I was like, the mailman was black. And I was <laughs> like, wait a second. Like, our mailman doesn't have to be white. <laughs> yeah, you know, like. It was. It showed everybody different for... things, and yeah, there were uh, you know kids with disabilities on Mister Rogers, and like uh, you know all kinds normalized of... a lot of 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 cool stuff. Yeah, and it showed people in positions, and you know, like you would meet the librarians and mm-hmm. like the construction workers, and like women, people... people of color, like yeah, yeah, and people that like you didn't have a chance to interact with. You didn't know these jobs as a kid, or like what these people were doing, and they would tell you stories, and it was really like mm-hmm. you know about what you would expect as a kid to go to these places. And the book we have today, again, is from 1974. We found it at the Goodwill Outlet Bins. This is Mr. Rogers Talks to Kids. And what this is is 10 topics that Mr. Rogers thought that could be uh, that kids could comprehend with a little help behind it and kind of normalize it as well. And the topics include uh, eating right, taking care of your teeth, taking care of yourself, playing safely, being careful about cars, watching TV, getting shots, learning what not to put in your mouth, learning about hot things, and number 10, quite the banger, swimming. Oh, see, and and that's great because there are certain things in there that Mr. Rogers, like eating right, where Mr. Rogers maintained the exact same weight his Mm -hmm. entire life. And swimming, Mr. Rogers went swimming like every day of his life. So he's the guy that you want to talk to about that. He was always even a, if you're not a kid. Yeah, he he knew all kinds of things. He knew about love and health. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, uh, looking through it, and I thought it was quite interesting. Number seven, uh, getting shots, and um, nobody likes shots. And it kind of talks about that in it, and it talks about like how it's okay to cry and stuff like that. So here we go. Getting shots by Mr. Rogers. Did you ever have a doctor or a nurse give you a shot? Well, I guess you should know it's something that helps you to keep you from getting sick. It usually hurts a little bit at first, feels like a pinch, but not for long. 
Sometimes it doesn't hurt at all. Of course, there's nothing wrong with crying if a shot does hurt. And it's really fine if you could talk about it. If you want to sit in someone's lap or hold somebody's hand, that's not being a baby. That's being, that's being helpful to yourself. Doctors and nurses don't want to hurt you. They just want to give you what they can to keep you well. I think the key line in there that we can all really take with us is, that's not being a baby. That's helping yourself. <laughs> yeah, like, God dang. Yeah, like, it's like. <sighs> Mr. Rogers, like, even as a kid, or like, he, you he, can do it. He, you can reach yeah, out. You could reach out. Um, so, yeah, we got the Mr. Rogers book. Um, we have some not a uh, not of a not much of a wholesome guy here. Maybe we'll skip the the other bad dude that we had a box figure of coming up soon on the show. Box figure of a WWF figure from 1990. You could figure it who it is, but I'm not gonna do uh, that guy segment after Mr. Rogers segment. The yeah, the bar is set high. <laughs> Yeah. Um, this guy. Yeah, for sure. Low bar. So, so what we'll go over is uh, the vintage nineteen early 1970s uh, clothes haul that we both put together um, pretty much as soon as we got there. Yeah. we uh, As soon as we parked the buggy, uh, the cart inside the Goodwill, we turned around and the cart or the, the bin right there had a plethora of Uh, early 70s yeah like interesting and you could tell by like the the fabrics and everything like that and i picked one up and i was just like oh this is definitely old like mid 70s and i was like okay let's like keep going and i think we just like piece by piece we're like oh no this is all very old all of this is old almost Um, the entire bin by the time we loaded up the cart from that bin you could see the bottom of the bin yeah, um, and you could see the top of the cart. Like the first part of the cart already <laughs> yeah. had a big, like it all, had a big mountain. We, we were halfway loaded already. Yeah, and that always like makes makes me anxious because if the cart has that much stuff in it that quick, yeah, you found some good stuff, but it's just like holy cow, that's a lot of stuff. I don't know what I'm gonna do with it all. We got some good stuff today, and I came away with a, a fairly decent haul. My total was two dollars and thirty four cents yikes that's mine was like 14 bucks which is still well worth it yeah and i went out of there i mean with like an armload of i stuff. know and and some of the uh some of the clothes the the tags on there there's jane colby which is early 70s uh leave mar pageantry knit early 70s and as you mentioned before like there's a lot of brands on these tags that are so hard to look up because they're just words. Like one of them was top tops and trends. Tops and trends. Good luck finding anything googling the words tops and trends for 1970s. So the ones we identified, uh, most of them are early 70s. I have one that was like uh, mid 90s ish, but it kind of looked like the 70s pieces. But there's some I just can't figure out where they're from yet. But they're all old. Um, and after I clean them up, uh, they will be at Brick Body Kids on Instagram. Uh, yeah, you could buy them. Um, they, I would believe, I would say they're uh, uh, f- feminine um, for feminine people out there. That they're uh, slender, slick, and adorable. Yeah, I have my two favorites that I can't stop talking about, and I wish that I had the the figure to wear them or the mm-hmm. type, but. Yeah, the uh, the yellow one with the buttons. That uh, was that, your that, the one that, you found. Yeah. Yeah, they form. There are buttons that come down and form a V on the front of it. They don't attach really to Where anything. Where did it go? And then uh, I don't know. It's one of the yellow ones. Yeah. And then the uh, what I keep calling like the hippie shirt. Like the yeah. it's a very uh-huh. Woodstock, uh, like light early seventies. Yeah, yeah, early seventies with like a knit pattern around the collar of mm-hmm. it and like loose uh, ties on the on the uh, sleeves. And I'm afraid, yeah, I have to kind of because the tag on this one is in really good condition, but it's like gold on white. It's and really hard to it's see. It's really hard to read, but I believe it says like you have to wash it a certain way, which I'd assume you have to wash most most of these a certain way. So I'll fold those up. But it's like we have probably what, like 10, 12? Yeah, there's more. I don't know. It's like a whole shirt collection from the 1970s for, I guess, uh, commonly worn by women, clothes worn by commonly women. And they are really, really cool women. Yeah. Um, so that was that clothes haul. But as Josh said, he had the uh, kept the kept the uh, the the load light on at least uh, how much you spent today. But you have um, some pretty cool 
unique pieces to add to the thrift haul. Yeah, um, well, I found, you know, like a hat, a, a Pilates ring uh, mm-hmm. that we were kind of messing around with. Oh, I hit myself in the boob with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I that, boobed me. That was a good moment. Uh, but I also found some vintage inflatables, mm-hmm. uh, which isn't something that we come across all that often. And we found them sealed. Yep. Uh, two of them had kind of ripped open. Uh, and four of them, I think, are exactly the same. And that's the Moorish Idol, which yep, is f- a... Uh, a fish. Yeah, it's like an angel fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, it deflated. I forgot. I left it on your... I blew it up and put it on your porch. And because of its fins, I was able to set it down. And then you had informed me that I didn't close it. So you had a floppy fish to greet you on your porch. Yeah, thankfully, I found the floppy fish before the pizza guy found the floppy yeah, fish. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's a yellow and black like angel fish. Uh, and it's like 14 inches. Uh, mm-hmm. And that one is from 1989. Okay. Uh, so the fish is a little bit older or a little bit younger than... Uh, the big boy. That's what we teased at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, the big boy here is a 26-inch beluga whale. Um, wow. And I will mention, both you and I put our mouths on these to blow them up. Yes. Uh, the ones that had ripped open were hoping ripped open in the bins and weren't like wrapped back up. But. I Yeah, it's rare that you, we find inflatables, like you mentioned. But even at that, they were you know very old. And if we do find something that old, it usually has holes poked through it. And e- these are just evenly, like, folded up, never opened before. No, they were pristine, and the bags had, yeah, just ripped on two of them. So those yep. are the two that we blew up. But we have three, uh, like, Moorish idols, like, dead stock. Uh, mm-hmm. But I love that the beluga whale has a, bl- a blowhole. But it doesn't line up, so it's just like oh yeah, yeah, like two little knobbies. Yeah, on, on the, the top, top of, of his head, he because he's like a a white a, a white cream color body, and then the the uh, hole the 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 blow hole is like powder blue, and it's not lined up with the other. Let me squeeze on him. Yeah, give I've him a squeeze sque- there. Wow. I think I'm a good blower. I think uh, I think I've got a good technique when I blow up the inflatables. Like it's one of my dad's skills. Like I'm really good at blowing hot air yeah. into things that have to stay up and like sealing the valve with uh-huh. like good timing to get just enough air in them. I don't know that my dad ever blew anything because he doesn't seem like a person that isn't selfish. But what I did get from my dad is when we used to go to Ligonier Beach. Uh, upstate in uh, uh, yeah Ligonier from from Pittsburgh and on the way we would sometime get like a like a blow up thing to kind of throw in the water uh, my mom would never stop or like want to stop but who knows why but my dad was always the one that's just like let's buy something um, he was also the same one who was let's just get a like water toy yeah like get a video game let him rent a video yeah. game my mom never let me rent video games but these were the ones, obviously, I was born, spoiler alert, 1987, but um, these were the sort of the ones that we had, but mine were uh, like from the, like the early, like the early 90s to mid 90s. So this is even older than that, but as soon as you picked those up, I was just like, I remember like trying to float on these and being like small enough that I could like do that. Yeah, it says right on it, uh, not to be used as a life-saving device. But you can float on it. It's just that's not <laughs> the unwritten save. Yeah, in parentheses. You can float on it. Imagine having parents who give so little shits about you that you're drowning, and they throw you a 14-inch idol fish, and they're like, "This <laughs> save will save yourself. You. <laughs> Hop on the fish. Save yourself. <laughs> Climb on the whale." <laughs> and they're just blowing them up one by one. Yeah. Like, Get on them. And the wind, when you throw it, the wind just takes it. So there you are drowning in your own, like, piss because you're so scared. <laughs> now it's your piss. Yeah. Um, so that was the thrift haul uh, today. 
there is so many things still surrounding me that we got today or prepped for today that we didn't get to. So we have like uh, two hauls in one. So I'm going to segment this to another episode later on that we get to. But a lot of vintage stuff uh, from uh, we have like school supplies. We have like a, a dancing vampire that we definitely have to talk about during the Halloween episodes. Yeah, the, the wrestler we mentioned. So there's a lot of that coming your way. Now, one of my favorite uh, three to nine minutes of Thrifty Podcast and producing it is the time that we put the quiet time right before the episode when we put our Thrifty Trivia questions together. That's like, that's the Zen moment. You're usually at a table. I'm usually at another table. Or if I have somebody else on, still I inform them of the rules and I go, got to be quiet during this part. Put your questions together. And it's a really uh, a bonding moment because we have to use that time to predict our lies. It's <laughs> very much like study hall. Yeah. Uh, you and I will sit there and occasionally one of us will shoot the other a question. Uh, like today when I asked you just if you had ever heard the song Baby Beluga. Yeah. It doesn't elude to the question in any specific way, mm-hmm. but like, you know, it's something about something about that. I never thought of that until you mentioned that Um, because, yeah, because so if you like – so, for example, Mr. Rogers back here. There's definitely going to be a Mr. Rogers question because I talked about Mr. Rogers. But if I find Mr. Rogers facts that I didn't know, I usually use – like, for example, I'd use one of those facts as the question. And the other one I just spit out. Like, I was just like, hey, did you know Mr. Mr. Rogers did this? And you'd be like, yes or no. And you'd be like, oh, cool. And I'd be like, yeah. And then that's it. Tom Hanks is going to be in a movie. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we kind of give each other clues on what what the subject could be. But there's always that one spoiler clue that we just throw out as conversation. Like, oh, this. Oh, I'm hitting you with fish trivia this week, brother. All right. Well, we got Mr. Rogers trivia, fish trivia, and also uh, 70s fashion trivia coming up after the break again. Listen to some music during this commercial break because you will be
forgot that Max the dog was in the room because Max is being a quiet little boy this evening and he's been sitting next to you on the chair since we started recording. Yeah, luckily uh my like my chair in my house is exactly the size that fits my ass and my loaf of bread dog right next to me. So we we fill up all of it, but we fill it very comfortably, and he just yeah he just chills out right there. That's awesome. And and um, I've learned something about Max today as well. I was eating a pizza. We got a pizza, and I had not realized that the uh the like the threat level is red when you put pizza at your belt line or below because he will think you're giving it to him at that stage and bite at you. <laughs> yeah, if it if it crosses below like anything lower than your genitalia is for the dog. Like if you drop your hand that low and it's got food, it's not going into your mouth. It's going yeah. like you cross the equator, like it's the genitalia equator and it becomes a dog snack lower than that. Yeah, so I have to keep it chest level from now on, but Max has never even nipped at me in all of our time uh knowing each other so that's how i knew that i messed up because he has not decided to do this any other time besides this time so i'm just like there's something that i did and that's when i was that's when you're i was like ow he nipped at me and you're like did you try to feed him and i was like <laughs> no i didn't try to feed him i didn't try to feed him but he thought i was feeding him anyway he thought so he thought so um so yeah live from the larkin lounge this week so coming up next uh our favorite segment we try to trick each other every week, and it usually works. Another dose of thrifty trivia. Trivia. Check. One, two. Thrifty trivia. Trivia. So for new listeners to the show, thrifty trivia. Trivia is a multiple choice question and answer game. And the questions we ask each other are based on the thrift haul that we collected today. And so we have two questions for one another. I believe the last time that we played, you and I together, I went first asking the question. So I'm going to throw it over to you if you would like to, to ask uh, ask me your question, your first yeah. question. And I take offense that I don't think I try to trick you. I think my questions are always like fair, objective questions that – Anybody with a slightly basic knowledge of the topic could have a fair shot you, at. You don't think you're you don't think you're trying to trick me. No, I you're think You're trying to inform me of one correct answer and three other not ones, and that's not tricking. As your best friend, I will tell you like most things in your in your life, you just you overthink the trivia. It's fuck. <laughs> it's, okay. It's I'll very direct. It. And we're going real direct. The very first question, I told you we're getting fish trivia. Fish trivia. Hit me with it. It doesn't get any fishier than this. So this is in relation to your vintage inflatable 
fish and beluga whale. Yeah, these were uh, manufactured by wildlife artists. So okay. we're going for some wildlife. Where is the largest aquarium in the USA? That's a pretty cool question. Like we could, I could have gone world, but I wanted to narrow it down. That's a pretty cool question because I do like aquariums. And so uh, there, well, you got four choices on these ones. Mm-hmm. Is the largest aquarium in Monterey Bay, California? Interesting. Uh, Interesting. Is it B in Omaha, Nebraska? C, Atlanta, Georgia, or D, none, none of, of the, the above. above. Now, Monterey Bay stuck out immediately. The other two besides Monterey Bay. B and C, what's B and C? Uh, Monterey Bay, uh, Omaha, Nebraska. Interesting. Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. Um, hmm. As I think about this, have you been to the Pittsburgh Aquarium? I have. Decent. Yeah, Decent. I mean. Passable. It's all right. Passable. They, like, half the shit doesn't have animals in it. Like, mm-hmm. they don't have anything in, like, the little shark thing anymore. Like, the thing that, you know. Like, the outside they, bit. Everything that's next to the polar bears is, yeah. like, empty. Well, I guess, like, if you're a polar bear that you're kind of, like, you get your own little spot. Because if you have another animal next to a polar bear, you're not really, like, into it. I'll go on record, and I will say that the polar bears are shit animals. Uh, wow. They do, like, <laughs> one cool thing a week. And Offensive then to all polar bears listening. They just, the most of the time, they're not doing anything. Uh, bears are just not an entertaining animal at the zoo. They don't do much. Yeah, but all, I guess all zoos are prisons, so we shouldn't like any of them. I, yeah, I don't want to, like, <laughs> shit on the bear. I mean, he, the bear is probably the smartest one. It's like, fuck you guys, I'm not doing anything. Uh, Let me out. All zoos are prisons, thrifty podcast. But in an aquarium, I don't know that these fish know that they're in a prison. Um, so the biggest aquarium in the USA, Monterey Bay, Omaha, Nebraska, and the third one? Atlanta, Georgia. Or none. Or D. none of those, and it's somewhere else. Okay, I'm going to go with my gut just because it's stuck out. But if it's Omaha, that's going to be wild. But I'm going to go with A, Monterey Bay, final answer. Oh, see, maybe I do trick you because I thought that you might be inclined to pick Monterey Bay, and it's wrong. Are you serious? It's not Monterey Bay. Uh, It's actually the largest aquarium in the United States is in Atlanta, Georgia. What's that about? Like why is it? <laughs> why is that where it is? If you're in California, you can just go to the ocean. Okay, uh, but yeah. But in Atlanta, you got to drive a little bit. Well, I thought, well, I thought if you're near the ocean, that's why you're just like, yeah, I can make these. Like I can make aquariums pretty easy. I just have to go over there. All I need is a glass tube big enough to get to the ocean. <laughs> yeah, that's tank, all I need. And a tank for the fish to swim in. That's into. all I fucking need. It's just a an tube. And and well, I'm just saying, if you lived in Monterey Bay, it'd be more. It would be easier to get those fish than it would be in Omaha or like Atlanta. I don't yeah, know. I mean, but if you have the the balls to open an aquarium, what's a a couple? <laughs> if extra, you have like, what it takes to open up an aquarium, <laughs> like if you you know, like that's a big commitment to just be like, I'm gonna put some tanks here and put some fish, and people will come see angels these fish. in the outfield if you build it. <laughs> they will swim. Yeah, and I mean, it's not working out great for SeaWorld, so you really got to put care into your aquarium. Yeah, okay, so... o doing o in Atlanta. O for 1. O for 1 for today. Um, I'm going to hit you with the Mr. Rogers one, the good-feeling one, Mr. Rogers. So we are talking about Mr. Rogers and Mr. Rogers' neighborhood and uh, how that ran from 1968 to, I believe I said 2001, which is crazy. So my question is, Josh, what did Mr. Rogers do on set to calm himself when he was anxious or felt overwhelmed? What did Mr. Rogers do on set to calm himself down? A, would call his mother's friend who sometimes worked on the show. B, would put Daniel the Striped Tiger on his hand and recite lines from the show. C, would play the opening chords of the theme song on piano, or D, these are all lies, none of the above. What did Mr. Rogers do on the set of his own show when he felt anxious or overwhelmed? Call mom's friend, Daniel Tiger stuff, 
piano stuff or D none. What are your thoughts there? Hmm. Well, they all seem likely Mr. Roger things to do like in his wheelhouse, but I want to rule out a, because I feel like he would have better people to call than his mom's friend. Like interesting. And that leads to like a weird like Mrs. Robinson connotation that you know. And why like, his mom's friend, right? Yeah, like he's yeah. got a wife. Maybe it's, unlikely. Yeah, but uh, uh, the puppet thing, like I think that's likely to talk to Daniel Stripe a Tiger. But I think Mister Rogers was always aware of how people perceived him, mm-hmm. and talking to a puppet in public is like. You can a little weirdo. People could cast eyes on you for that. So uh, there's no, so there's no way he'd do that, right? Yeah. But okay. Nobody is ever like, oh, that asshole is back at the piano again. If it's a oh. song that they enjoy, you yeah. know, like if you're over there, there's no know. possible way you'd hate it. Yeah. Yeah. And if you can play the piano, everybody is like, oh, we can play the piano. You know, everybody enjoys a good piano player. And at worst. You could ignore it. It's one instrument you could ignore. Yeah, or you know, you're just like, oh, Fred's nervous. He's doing the piano thing again. And guitar, guitars, unavoidable. Drums, unavoidable. You know what else is unavoidable too? Real quick, motorcycles. Too loud. Yeah. Way too loud. People don't stop driving them. Sorry. Nervous, (laughs) nervous people don't play the guitar though. Uh, Horny people play the guitar. Cool. Uh, But nervous people, I think, play the piano. Okay, okay. I'm going to go with C on that. I'm going to say that Fred, I don't think we're going into D territory because there's too many possibilities of what he could have done. None of these, yeah. Uh, So I'm I'm going to... Am I tricking you? No. You could be, but I'm going to let you trick me if you're doing it. Okay. Uh, So I'm going to go C. He played the piano to calm his nerves. Cool. So Mr. Rogers on the set of the show, what he would do to calm himself down, call his mom's friend, recite lines from the show from Daniel Stripe Tiger, or would play the opening chords on the theme song, A, B, or C. The correct answer is C. He would play the piano and uh, play the opening chords to his song to calm himself down, Josh. You got it. One out of one. That song, like, that's a calming song. Like, if you, I guarantee if you Anybody who can play those opening little notes there that if you walk into any hotel or any place there's an open piano in 2019 and you sit down, people will turn and they'll be like, yeah, I get that. Mm -hmm. So hit me with. okay, so I could only tie you this week, so I'm definitely going to get this one correct. Hit me with it. So we're going, I asked you this earlier, we're going Beluga on this, Mm -hmm. specifically Baby Beluga. Baby Beluga. Which was a song that was sung by the children's musician Rafi, or Rafi. Yep. Uh, And being a children's musician, I want to know if you know how many children does Rafi have? That's crazy. This is a crazy one. <laughs> this so, is crazy. So this is a rule bending one. So no, this is baby beluga. And how many little baby belugas does Raffi have? Okay, I do say as closely or as further away. So how many children does Raffi have? So does Raffi have a eight children? Yikes. B, 10 children. Yikes. C, a full dozen children. Or D, none of the above. And for people who aren't familiar with Baby Beluga and Raffi, Raffi was like a Canadian, like, children's musician. I never had the experience of listening to him. Baby Beluga and the Deep Blue Sea. I that was never a part of me growing up, and I'm really happy about it because I've heard the song, yeah, and I've heard other Raffi songs. Uh, one of my good friends. You didn't know and, that was a Raffi joint. Is that what you're saying? I did know it was a Raffi <laughs> joint. Uh, one of my good friends, and you know him as well, Matt. Uh, yeah. friend of the show. Friend of the show, Matt. Yeah. Yeah, a uh, big Baby Beluga fan, uh, and that was like a huge part of his childhood. And I used to taunt him because it's a not a great song. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, uh, Matt learned me a couple of things. Um, uh, you you've known him for quite some time, 
and um, he he gave me the most knowledge on Nike clothes that I think, well, Nike in general, but specifically Nike tags. Because when we're out there looking for clothes uh, for ourselves or brick body kids, it's like you have to find, you know, the cool stuff. And Matt, at Patient Shark on Instagram. Yeah, Patient Shark is uh, Matt's brand uh, as he launches his own clothing. And, uh, yeah, at uh, Patient Shark knows the most about Nike that I believe anyone has. And he gave me immediate information when you said hit him up about this. Immediate. We're talking, like eight minutes like <laughs> the right answer i knew if you said those those four letters around matt his ears perk up and yeah, yeah he loves it and i love to, to help out with that so, sure um yeah and matt matt loved baby beluga uh-huh uh, and so do you think matt knows the answer can i phone a friend <laughs> uh i think matt probably does know matt no matt knows a lot but i don't know if matt knows how many kids raffi has yeah and uh, I, I bet he could say how how many pairs of Nikes he has. He's got eight, ten, or twelve. He's probably got more than twelve. Mm. Uh, but kids, he's either got eight, ten, ten, or twelve of them, or he's got none of the above of them. Many, <laughs> at the very baby least, belugos does Raffy have? At the very least, eight is a ton. At the very least, eight is a ton. I don't think it's none of the above because um, now Derek from the Homeless Gospel Choir had maybe the best none of the above when he was on the show a um, couple weeks back. And he had the most thought out A, B, and C, and they were all lies. And if this is D, then it's on that level. But I think Raffi had some kids, 8, 10, or 12. I can't see 12. That's just a ton of kids. That's just too many kids. That was a Steve Martin movie. I mean, the, you can have 12 kids. But it was a movie. Kids. You can have 12 kids. I knew a guy. I once worked with a guy who had, I think, seven kids, and he had, I shit you not, three sets of twins. Mm. Was he cool, Bob? It or no? Oh my God, <laughs> he was the most disheveled, miserable man I've ever met in my life. Oh, uh, when you think you're having one and you have three, he would come into clo- work and his clothes would be all wrinkly, and the boss would be like, "Mike, your clothes are wrinkly," and he'd be like, "I have three sets of twins." So Raffi had a time to not only have kids, but write Baby Beluga. I guess he just maybe thought of it because he had to sing to so many kids that he has like he's like I, all the hits are gone. I have to make up my own stuff. He only wrote one song and then sang that fucking thing for thirty years. Yeah. So what else was he doing? So I'm gonna go right smack dab in the middle. Eight, ten, twelve, none. I say no, none, no twelve. I'm gonna go B ten. Raffi had ten kids. Oh. Ten kids, Raffy. They they'd call him. Ten kid, Raffy. Here comes old ten kid, Raffy. Yeah, his baby Beluga. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did not. Man, did I just go zero for two? You did. I think uh, I'm zero for four in the last four. Oh, it's okay. I that mean, sucks. Uh, yeah, he did not have ten. Uh huh. Didn't have twelve either. Eight. He didn't have eight. He didn't have six or four or this two. This is fucked. He, You're kidding me. Why would you do this? Raffi has exactly zero children and is 71 years old and is a children's musician. So That's fucked. Maybe think twice about letting a 71-year-old childless man around your children. Okay, so, whoa. Like, earth-shattering none of the aboves. Uh, the... the the past two of the three episodes have earth-shattering none of the aboves on them, and you you earth-shattered this. I thought you would immediately see through my bullshit on that one and be like, those numbers are too high for any rational touring musician because that's like a wham-bam, thank you, ma'am, you're pregnant, I'm out the door, back on tour kind of thing. Right, but that's why exactly the reason why I thought it would be one of them because it's so obscene and strange that it makes it a trivia question. So I was like, well, it's a definite trivia question. It's not. It's not a it's not one. That's basically my life. So obscene and strange you would never expect it. <laughs> and <laughs> comma, it's not one. <laughs> it just sneaks right by. You would never expect it. Alright, so I lost. I didn't win anything. I was made a fool of. And you still have one question from me. I'm I'm okay with this. This is a victory lap question. I'm probably gonna get it wrong. 
So I'm glad I got my win in early. Okay. In, uh, so we had, as a part of our thrift haul today, uh, both of us found a vintage uh, ladies' collection of 1970s tops. And all different brands, all different styles, but they're all kind of slim to slender. And so this relates to the 1970s and to fashion from the 1970s. In the 1970s, Bell Bottoms moved back into the mainstream media. Who was the first to wear them on national television? A. Sonny and Cher, the lovable duo. B. Derek and the Dominoes. C. Grease's own John Travolta. Or D. None of these people. In 1970s, Bell Bottoms moved back into mainstream fashion. Who wore them on TV first? Sonny and Cher, Derek and the Dominoes, John Travolta, or none? Nobody. Somebody else did. These are all fakes and lies and cheaters. That's my that's my first inclination, is that they're all fakes and lies and cheaters. Yeah. Uh, gypsies, tramps, and thieves. Um, I, I'm going to roll out Clapton immediately. Um, I don't know that Derek and the Dominoes would have had enough sway to bring them back into fashion. Did uh, you mean you said Clapton? Cla- Derek and the Dominoes is Eric Clapton. <sighs> I didn't think you'd know that. Yeah, I know that I collect <laughs> vinyl records. I didn't Derek. think yeah, I was. <laughs> I didn't think you'd know that. <laughs> yeah. I know oh that. fuck. Yeah, you're right. You know it. Of course you do. Yeah. Um. But <laughs> I don't think it was them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll admit it to you now. Wasn't them? Okay. First ever trivia. Uh, <laughs> if if I wasn't showing my ass as much, I just fucked up. <laughs> so I will admit it. We're crossing out for the first time ever. We are crossing out B. B is Derek up. and the Dominoes. Not them. Um, when you said Clapton, I thought you meant Travolta. So I was like, "Who's Clapton?" And you're like. The, the, the duh yeah yeah and i was like i didn't think you'd get that no Fuck. Uh, i thought i would catch you no that's the so it's not b no that's the original and the best version of layla uh for any of the younger folks who have only ever heard the acoustic that's where it is uh, uh-huh but they uh yeah it's not yeah uh, so a sunny and share c john travolta or d um um just a bug and a rug lying I, I'm rolling out D. I'm crossing D off. I don't think you're going to D me. And I'm going to cross Travolta off, too, because mm. I still think that, like, Travolta, like, some people think Travolta is cool, but, like, he's always pretty much been a nerd to, like, the general populace, I think. Like, he's just real dorky. Uh, Like, I think it's the pilot and the Scientology thing, like religion and like plain guys like no thanks his head's his head got bigger you mean like metaphorically or like his physically his his, physical head got bigger as he got older it definitely did like he gained weight in the back of his skull and somehow Mm -hmm. yeah um but i think sunny and share uh was a popular show everybody loved him uh i mean God damn, he won a uh, elected seat to you know help run the country afterwards. Uh, so you think it's A? I'm gonna I'm gonna give it okay. to Sonny and Cher. I think they have enough sway, uh, especially in the fashion community. Mm-hmm. Cher was doing some amazing things, and Sonny was having sex with her. So uh, I think they had enough pull to make bell bottoms come back into fashion. Okay. In the 1970s, bell bottoms moved back into mainstream fashion. Who first wore them on national television? A. Sonny and Cher. B. Derek and the Dominoes, which we crossed out. C. John Travolta. Or Dina and the above. The correct answer is A. Sonny and Cher. Josh, last call. Larkin, two for two. And I look like an idiot more never somehow the logic and typically like when i run through my logic like that i end up making an ass out of myself and somehow it ended up working perfectly for me this evening and max stayed asleep during that he knows better than to to wake up and disturb you know he knows who Derek and the dominoes are he didn't need to wake up for that 
No, he knows. He knows we're going to knock trivia out of the park. <laughs> you talk about it before, like, this is the week. I'm, <laughs> I embarrass him again. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Max, I'm like, you just lay there. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about it later. Huh? So a uh, special thanks to Bluffs, bluffs.bandcamp.com, the theme to our show for many reasons with alternate reality. And you could check out Bluffs at Thriftathon 2019, September 6th, coming up. And next week's episode will probably be a different type of episode because we always do these episodes and occasionally it's just slightly different. So I'll try to introduce it in some way that you may or may not understand. But yeah, the... The audio for our, for next week's episode will be taken from our set at Thriftathon, and we're going to kick off some stuff talking about aliens, so get there. Uh, another special thanks to our sponsor, Commonwealth Press, CWPress.com. Promo code THRIFTY. If you order 50 shirts, you get 12 for free. CWPress.com. Promo code THRIFTY. Commonwealth Press. And we ran into those uh, folks just uh, uh, last week. Yeah, last this past week? this past yeah. weekend. Yeah, it'll be a, a week ago when the episode's up. Yeah, awesome, awesome. So a shout out to those guys. And so Thriftathon's coming up. Definitely get there. Um, uh, the vintage sellers. Um, I'm definitely excited for because we're not only going to have uh, Shane representing Brick Body Kids, but we're also going to have some other stuff coming in too. Um, Josh is going to arrive uh, via. Uh, we have a, a limousine dropping you off. Is that what I'm hearing? Your I personal think, car. I think Your I personal get, car. Uh, I might get coptered in. Uh, <laughs> you know, now that Thrifty is officially the best of Pittsburgh, I think I'm gonna <laughs> call in a favor uh, with the mayor and see if I can get a personal copter to to just lower me slowly in a Batman costume. Um, we at at the best of Pittsburgh party, I saw Bill Peduto. And I just said, what up, Bill? And that's the only thing I could think I could say. That's the only thing I thought of. Bill and I had a small chat. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I guess this is the first episode we've done together since the, the best of. Again, thank you, everybody. That was fun. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, we had a lot of food. Uh, we drank a lot. Uh, that was uh-huh. a good time opening up the uh, the whiskey for us. Yeah, we had the whiskey in the bag. And uh, it's not often that I let loose on the alcohol, but... We were letting loose on the alcohol there, for sure. Yeah, that was a good time. Uh, it got a little fuzzy, but I felt the warm and fuzzies. It was a good time. So you embarrassed me on Thrivia this week um, for our first crossed-out answer. And so Thriftathon, I hope I'm going to I'm gonna gain back my momentum because we are going to come hard with the aliens questions. Get ready. Get roached.